Inside the Game, brought to you by Raider Media. Right, we had the rest day. We had stage six, the second half of Daccarelli 2019 underway. And uh, Nasser Alatia still way out in front alongside Mathieu Bommel. It's been another very good day for Toyota Gazoo Racing South Africa. Currently, we find ourselves in San Juan de Marcona. We've been here before. Nice to make our return back to Lima in a beautiful setting, a, a lovely hotel overlooking a pool. I'm joined by the regulars in Hannes Fisser, Voldu van der Waal, Raymond Habst. But then we've got a very special guest, Luke Alphonse, who's involved at the Dakar from a presenting side, but also... A very special reason because he's a former winner of this event. Now, before you speak, Luke, I've got to have your man crush. This man talks about you so highly. It's incredible. He sees you. He points you out. He says, we've got to chat to him. And now he's managed to bring you over. The, the most excited man in the room, Hannes. Derek, it's just because you are a rugby and a cricket person, and I'm a motorsport person, but I also enjoy skiing. And I grew up watching skiing on TV. And when you live in South Africa and you watch people ski, it's, it's not a common thing to do. But Luke is, of course, a World Cup downhill skiing champion. And I have been on ski slopes, and I know, well, I don't know what it takes, but I understand why I've got respect for somebody that can ski as fast. So, Luke, just tell us exactly what, what did you win on the ski slopes? So, I was, uh, I, know, I spent like 14 years in the World Cup uh, doing speed event, and I won three times the World Cup downhill. So, it means uh, you, you globe the crystal, you know, that, that's what they call. So, it means that you best. Uh, in the in the season, so I won three times the World Cup downhill, one time the Super G, and one time the overall World Cup in '97. Uh, so it was lots of uh, my years and my young age uh, skiing. I started really young, and then after that I switched. I don't know how, but I felt in uh, in motorsport, and it was uh, great because it was the same uh, family of sport, you know, getting fast. Uh, but I had to learn everything from zero almost. Well, I can tell you, uh, I've been on the slopes myself a few times, obviously at a quarter of the, no, not even a tenth of the pace that Luke has gone, so I understand exactly what it means to go down a hill really, really fast. But then, many years after that, Luke, I was fortunate enough to be at Le Mans in okay, 2006, yes. when uh, you won in the Corvette, the GT2 class, or yeah, the GT2 we were, category. We, people forgot, but I, we did, with my team, you know, Luke Alpha Adventure, we did 10 times Le Mans, the 24 hours, and I discovered this race, and it was uh, just fantastic. The team was based in Le Mans, and uh, it's so much good memories. Le Mans, it's also a tough race, and uh, we managed to finish the 10th edition with the team, so it's uh, like Sunday, 4 o'clock, when you close the, the garage door, and like the mechanics are crying and everything, and it's uh, just uh, like really good memories but going also 300 kilometers per hour and even more it's just uh, amazing but it's scary also when it's raining but <laughs> it's <laughs> it's okay but look for you that was not enough so a world cup downhill skiing champion lamar champion that was not enough you wanted the ultimate adventure then you took on dakar and after a couple of years you also won the race overall with mitsubishi yeah it's amazing you know when uh, I started, it was just a personal challenge, you know, when you start a new sport, then you would say, okay, I want to do that, just to try. The Dakar, it's just an adventure first. And then after I get into it, then I really, after, not second year, but after three, four years, I thought maybe it's possible. And then I get involved with the Mitsubishi team, and it was fantastic. It's like Ferrari in Formula One, they were the best team at the moment. And I was hired, and there was so much pressure for me at the beginning, but we did it. I, we did twice second, but we won it first. And uh, like Rose, the Pink Lake in Dakar was just uh, 
yeah, amazing memory for me. To coming from an, another sport from zero and then getting there was uh, was great. It's uh, it's amazing. I still love this race, the, Dac the Dakar race, off-road rallies, and it's um, it's part of my life now. Now we're here, we talk about that, and uh, I'm just working with TV now. Well, that was my question for you, actually, because it's like you've reinvented yourself almost three times now uh, as a skiing champion and then a motorsport champion and now a, a champion TV presenter. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it seems that there's nothing that you, that you can't do almost, but, but how did you end up in television? Yeah, but uh, I was working already with television for the ski. So I was consultant also for uh, for the for the skiing, and then when I, you know, unfortunately I had an accident in 2009. So I was enduro riding, and we were racing, and then I broke my neck, and then I was dislocation. It was very close from the wheelchair, and I had to quit racing at the time. So as and I was already working for the French TV as for the ski consulting, and they asked me, okay, you cannot race anymore, so maybe you can help us on the, on the race, right, to share uh, what we are uh, spending on the track, and then you have experience from inside and then you can do it from outside and it's uh it's good experience trying to 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 show people not yeah we for the tv we show people what they are doing but they're nice images but also the, from inside and what we are uh talking about strategy this and how to cross dunes and everything there's so much new things for people around how, how many dakars have you been from a broadcaster and from a competitor perspective. Yeah, from now I spent I raced uh, 11 Dakars as a racer, and then now it's uh, the 10th edition with the TV already. That's uh, it's oh. huge. It's <laughs> so 21. 21 Dakar. Yes. <laughs> and, and how have you enjoyed this one so far? 100% uh, Peru. We're not crossing borders. Uh, people were skeptical at the beginning. I know from our side. Covering it, it's been a walk in the park, nice hotels, a nice country. The distances aren't too big between stages. Yeah, that's good because it's a little bit less of a liaison. But of course, I was, we were also like sceptical uh, at the beginning because we say, oh, yeah, we're going to turn around only in Peru. Um, it's not like a real adventure like we we were in Africa or even, even crossing like Peru, Bolivia, going south of Argentina. It's uh, less of an adventure like this, but the race is still anyway really hard to win. Uh, they said it was 70% sand. It's not really true. You know, we knew Peru before. That's only like few, four, four big places of dunes. So you can spend 70% of the race inside. So the fesh fesh is still there, you know, bad tracks. And, um, but anyway, it's, uh, the Dakar is always uh, hard to win. Uh, the the stages are not this long. Maybe the longest was almost 400 kilometers, but the average every day is like 300 kilometers 30. So for races now, it's not too long. So it's it's starting to be like a sprint. Everybody is starting 100 percent, 100 and even more, and every morning. So that's why this Dakar is really hard because everybody is pushing so much every day. So we saw Carlos signs who made mistakes, and uh, that's uh, that's why it's. The hardest point to manage. Everybody is going flat out every day. Luke, so you're talking about Carlos Sainz and everybody pushing so hard and so on. So let's get into the, the different drivers and who they are and where they are at the moment. Obviously, we've got we've got Sebastian who won today's stage. You uh, did, yes? Yeah, you won yeah, today's yeah, stage. Did, yeah. uh, we've got Carlos who had troubles earlier on. But obviously, from a South African point of view, you've known Janil for, for many years. I mean, Janil has been, this is his 14th or 15th Dakar, so you've known him for a while. Your thoughts on Janil as a driver? Yeah, he's, I'm fond of him because I think I was a little bit, I was a little bit like him, or I'm still, but uh, 
because you know it's very safe one it's safe and reliable that's also what the points you need to have uh, is intelligent and he knows the race and is very much uh, like not protective because he's doing is uh, driving fast but uh, it's not like some guys like Leb who came like Saints who's pushing 100 and 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 more person but with the experience of the WRC of course they are just more on the edge all the time and Genil is a little bit like me it's not doesn't mean that we are waiting the others to have problems but uh, is managing the race like uh, like a good rally red driver need to do normally uh, but now it's not the, the the case for the first one so unfortunately this one is uh, he has uh, you know, mechanical problems, you know, it's not, not uh, their fault with uh, Dirk, but, um, you know, they had to lost uh, lots of time. No, he's retired now almost. Well, speaking of Janil, uh, we caught up with him today. A, a, a nice position for him because, obviously, given his struggles uh, from earlier in the race, uh, he's fought his way back into the top 10, which we really chuffed about. Now, we're heading into stage 7 tomorrow, and... Many are predicting it's going to be the toughest stage of the rally, but uh, Janil disagrees. Tough day. Um, this morning was really, really difficult in the Tanaka dunes. I mean, we know them from last year. It's probably the most difficult dunes in, uh, that I've, I've driven in. And this morning just proved again the same. You know, we, we made sure we had a really uh, low tire pressure and we, we crossed them without any mistakes. Uh, saw one or two cars in there. Um, and then we were running very well until um, kilometer 260 where we um, we were struggling to find a waypoint uh, cost us about five or six minutes and um, you know then after that I had two punctures uh, we ended up on the wrong side of the dune where the waypoint was at the top which we had to get out and deflate but I think most of the guys did it because I, I saw all the tracks going down to the right but I'm just a bit annoyed you know we lost like I don't know 15 minutes for nothing I wanted to be, be closer to NASA, um, but anyway, you know, we finished eighth. Um, we could have been third or fourth, uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, we'll try again tomorrow. Uh, NASA's got a good lead, um, so we just need to get close in case he needs us, but hopefully he doesn't need us. And uh, just speaking of NASA, I mean, uh, fantastic performance again from him, and uh, fourth stage of the way to potentially the team's first Dakar win. Well, I don't want to say anything, you know, this race is, is you know, there's so many things can happen, but for sure, things are, are looking good. He's doing a great job. Today was uh, his terrain. Uh, he's, he's very, very good in the dunes. He's brilliant there. And he showed it this morning. I think he was basically opening on the first one and, uh, you know, he won the stage there. So um, very well done to him. So uh, we just hope we can continue like that. And, um, yeah, we need to hopefully get a win for Tiara Gazoo. And uh, talk us through tomorrow's stage, potentially the, the toughest of the lot? I hear so, but I, I, I cannot believe it can be tougher than today. I mean, it, it, it can be more or less the same and, you know, just as tough. But I, I, I don't see it being more difficult than today. You cannot have more difficult dunes, it's impossible. Uh, so maybe there's more dunes, but uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll take it as it comes. Luke, I see you nodding there with regards to his comments. Yeah, because I'm flying helicopter, so I can I can see that from uh, from up there. The problem of the dunes here that they are very short, and uh, they have they get some uh, little hole behind the dunes, so it, it kills the speed when you go down, and then you cannot climb again after. So that's that's the point here. So the, the, every time with a car, so it's a little bit easier with the bikes because it's smaller, and then and then and then you can go further after. But then with the cars, and you know when you 
kills your speed down the dunes, then you have to climb without almost no speed. And some sand is really, really soft here. So, but he's right. Today was a really difficult stage. So he said more or less will be the same tomorrow. And yeah, I think he's right. So they will, they, it will be the same tomorrow. It will be hard. And then it will be maybe a little bit longer of, uh, of sand. So that's uh, that's uh, the, the the good the good the point for tomorrow, and also another point. We've been there today, three days ago, and back there exactly. tomorrow. And also, like you said, there are lots of tracks of navigation. Navigation could be tricky tomorrow because with the all the um, all the, the the tracks from before, and uh, and he's speaking about his position and his mission now, trying to help and be to be closer as possible to Nasser, trying to help him. Um, Nasser is. It's brilliant, but what is what Sebastian Loeb did today and the day before uh, the, the 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 rest day is impressive because uh, they are opening and and winning also, and it's very rare. He's doing really good. So da Daniel Elena made a big improvement since two years in navigation. They are clever, and now Seb knows how to, how to cross the dunes. And uh, they have, of course, the Peugeot. The car is. The winning car from the last three edition, of course, it's even if it's a private team, it's still a very good car. So they have, a, but they lost too much. Uh, I mean, to be, I mean, the question now is, is it possible for Seb? He's 37 minutes behind, and uh, Nasser is so a clever guy, and he can manage everything. So I think tomorrow Nasser will catch up on on Seb and wait and well, wait for to be Seb in the, in the bad hole. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that was exactly my question. Do you think 40 minutes is enough for NASA to manage the race? I mean, it is the Dakar. There's four stages to go. You can never predict. Um, but 40 minutes is better to have the 40 minutes than not to have it. So oh, of course, of course. You know, we call it in French uh, mattress. <laughs> you have a good mattress. You have a good mattress. You know, it will have time to deflate if it's really difficult. So it will lose three minutes. He has in his mind that the fact he can be stuck for 10, 15 minutes without being behind so when you have this kind of position you can even if you are intelligent you know for me if i will be in this position i will catch up with seb and wait that's all and he will okay okay and he will maybe wait to win the stage and and even if the others doing better times it's nothing to so if you have it's always good when you have someone who's opening in front of you you know, you can see the rear of the car if it's going down and also for navigation, so everything. So it's safer if you have someone like Seb with a really good pace in the front, so that's perfect. Uh, I have one last question for you. Obviously, uh, you had a former teammate who has won Dakar more than anyone else yeah. in the Mitsubishi era. Um, you were sandwiched between wins of Stefan Peter Hansel. He won one before you and one after you, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yes. Can we discount him at this point or is he still in this race? He will never uh, give up, for sure. He will fight till the end. He's like, you know, a fox terrier, the dog. You know, when he bites something, he will <laughs> never leave it again. Uh, but it looks like it's a bit further back. And, uh, and uh, the mini buggy is, is still a young car, and they don't have you know, time enough to develop some small things who are you know, doing big problems for, for them. They, 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 they get, like inflating deflating small problems and then he can, for two wheel drive it's it's after a big problem in the dunes so they have a little car but the car is a good car but maybe it was not really 100% ready and uh, but Stefan himself he will never give up you know he will try every day because everything can happen to Nasser and then after if something happened to Nasser we don't want it huh? but uh, you know you never know 
engine, everything can can have a, a technical problem, and then uh, then after, wow, it's a new race because you know with Leb, Nani Roma, and they're still there. Re- remember last year, there there were some issues towards the end as well. Uh, regarding some of the front runners, I remember you and I were following. I think with about three or four stages to go, and I think it was Science who actually got into a bit of trouble. And he said, "Oh, now nah, this has just changed the race completely." Luckily for him, it wasn't as bad as initially expected. But as you say, something happens, catastrophe strikes, and suddenly we're in a whole new ball game. Yeah, we we knew this some stories from the past. You know, till you don't have the car in the Parc Fermé in Lima, it's not over. Absolutely, Never. not even on the last stage. Yeah, we, we've even last seen racing. We can have a crash on the road, like a normal accident. Or Absolutely. Yeah, everything. So it, it's 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 good for the race. I mean, it's still some suspense, even well, if Nasser is in the lead. There's still a long way to go, and uh, uh, this is a brilliant echo. We got Nasser Alatia leading. We've got uh, Stefan Perehansel and Sebastian Loeb. In second and third, respectively, or the other way around, whatever. So, I mean, these are great drivers. It's going to be one hell of a fight going into the finish. Well, let's quickly hear from NASA. And uh, obviously, we caught up with him uh, soon after he finished the stage. Um, it looked like he was going to win the stage uh, before Sebastian Loeb managed to take it from there. got lost uh, towards the end. But this is what NASA had to say. We need to focus. We need to be 100% next four days, you know, to bring our Toyota and in, uh, in Lima with a big win. Yeah, so uh, he's looking for that big win. And, and, and we did ask him, you know, was there a little bit of tactical awareness at play, the fact that uh, Sebastian ended up winning the stage? As you say, because it does make life a lot easier tomorrow, opening up the stage. And, and NASA said, no, there's, there's not a question. We simply got lost. Yeah, no, they won't, they won't, they won't be lost. You know, they were climbing dunes and normally they had to to follow the ridge of the dunes and they were passing, passing and all the co-drivers I spoke to, Nani, Alex uh, and to Daniel Elena and the co-drivers, all the co-drivers they said okay, they were on the ridge with a really steep like 200 meters dunes going down on the right side and all the co-drivers they, was, they were saying okay, we need to go left, left, left and then suddenly after one dunes they were in the side hill and they went all the way down, almost everybody did that mistake but after they had to climb this 300 meters and it was impossible so they deflate, they tried, and finally they went reverse to get the point on the other side. So, but everybody did the same mistake. Every except Peter Ansel who were catching the side hill, and they managed, managed, managed it after 400 meters to get up at the end. But the others, it was impossible to climb. I think it's uh, about time to wrap things up. Uh, any thoughts from your side, Valdo, as we look ahead to stage seven? Um, I think I'd like to just quickly mention something that Janil mentioned earlier on when he spoke about the tire pressures and how far the, the tires have come, especially this year for the, for the 4x4 cars because the tire inflation deflation uh, takes time. It's manual on the 4x4 cars. They have to stop, get out, like Luke said, maybe three minutes every time you need to do it, uh, whereas the, the buggies obviously have the systems that do it on the fly when they work. But um, now with the latest uh, BF Goodrich tyre that's on the Hilux, it's uh, capable of running at much lower tyre pressures, and that's made a massive, massive difference in this Dakar for us. Um, and I think uh, the fact that there's so many dunes to come could play nicely into their hands thanks to this uh, newer tyre of ours. Yeah that's, yeah, that's right. I agree with that. But uh, anyway, if you have really soft dunes and then if you go too low, we remind that tomorrow after the dunes, because I saw the map <laughs> already. <laughs> uh, they would go in the fresh, fresh valley with some rocks under, and then they have high speed close to the beach. 
and then uh, if you d go down too low at the beginning because the dunes are the beginning with you you are heavy with the, all the fuels and uh, for the stage so that's uh, uh, i think they will try to have like a average of and, yeah. and try to pass the sand so that's why the uh, nasser got the advantage if it's too hard so he will stop and then deflate even during the dunes just the minimum then to keep uh, you know enough hair for the high speed after on the rocks yep makes sense Hannes, your final thoughts well, like everybody always says, this is the deck. I don't have any final thoughts until we get closer to Lima. I mean, a lot of things can still happen. Obviously, from our team point of view, I'm holding thumbs for, for Teota and for Nasser. Um, I'm thinking that Janil and Bernard are in a good position to support Nasser. But uh, you've got Per Ansel and Loeb. And uh, in Janil's own words, Sebastian Loeb's the greatest driver that's ever lived, especially when it comes to driving on anything dirt. So uh, this, is, this race is far from over. Luke, as a Frenchman, uh, but also as a broadcaster, do you have to stay neutral? Uh, we've got a Qatari driving a South African-built car, leading the Dakar, closely followed by two French racing yeah. legends. Uh, where do your allegiances lie, or are you just going to say, may the best man win? Oh, of course, of course. The best has to, the best has to win, but uh, I was racing this year. I raced again. I was with mini-team, so I, w I made Abu Dhabi and Kazakhstan races and some tests. Uh, so I know the car. I know the Bugi very well. Uh, but I would like, I mean, Toyota, what they've done like few years, I mean, they deserve it also. They, they, made, they put lots of energy in, uh, in trying to win this race. And I love Nasser also. I, I know the other boys too. But uh, And, and know, there's uh, a French co-driver in Mathieu Bommel. Yeah, of course. Mathieu is a good friend. So we ski together. So that's, <laughs> that's why, of course. No, but I would like, it's, it's, it's good also. You know, the story has to turn because Mini, uh, before Peugeot, they were also winning. So, and I think... It's going to be a good story for Toyota, but he's a little bit alone. Yes. He will get, you know, some uh, some help really soon. But tomorrow it's a really yeah. tough day. After after tomorrow night, we we're yeah. going to see a little bit better. It's a very tough day. Apologies for the noise in the background. It's a very festive atmosphere uh, here in San Juan de Macoma because it's right next to the Nazca lines. And in fact, we're going to be flying out tomorrow morning to go have a look. We did have a, a, a bird's eye view uh, a couple of days ago climbing up that, that staircase, but didn't really tell you the whole story. So tomorrow morning, we're going out flying. Why don't you come join us? Do you want to go for a bit of a flight to go see the Nazca lines? Yeah, I will fly tomorrow. Don't worry. Yeah, I, mean, I think let's spend so enough time <laughs> in the helicopter. <laughs> very <laughs> close, very close from the race. No, I love that, you know, seeing. And I will be normally uh, with the bikes, and uh, tomorrow I will fly with the uh, HTV2, so that's the second helicopter with cars. So I will be straight up on the point. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Alphonse, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Enjoy the remainder of the Dakar, your 21st, if I'm not mistaken, if my calculations are correct. And uh, yeah, we'll see you out on the road tomorrow. Voldu Hannes, thanks as always. And a very big thank you to Raymond Herbs, who produced the show despite being very sick. Hopefully he'll recover tomorrow by the time we get up in that plane to look at the Nazca lines before we head over to stage seven. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Inside the Game. Brought to you by Radar Media.